Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Not Scott and Cassie Lang, but we do have a father-daughter podcast about the MCU, and today we are talking about the ultimately very climactic for the point that we're at in the MCU. We're going to talk about The Avengers 2012. Um, pretty exciting. Very exciting. Tell me yeah. again, is this uh, is this phase one still? I th- phase I, two? I, I mean, I, what, I what's the official phasing here? Ooh, I believe this is phase one and this is i i I think is the end of phase one um or the start of phase two okay but um sorry i didn't mean to stump you there yeah no we're at a turning point yeah suffice it to say Mm -hmm. this is a big deal yeah it's like a big uh moment because we have all these characters coming together the first time got it i thought you were gonna say because of loki well, he's pretty great. <laughs> we love Loki. He's back for the second time. And Thor. But, you know, everyone's kind of back. So, yeah, pretty pretty exciting. We are recording a month later than we initially had planned. We had some technical issues um, with our recordings getting deleted the last time we tried to record this a month ago. And then with uh, just life, we weren't able to um re-record until now so um we're back but yeah this is a pretty pretty cool episode yeah and i would like to take full responsibility for that uh, failure you were ready you were prepared you you. were about it Mm -hmm. and uh I'm trying. I'm trying to get my life together. I'm trying yeah. to get more organized. You're just a mess at I know, the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> You're just the worst. I've, I've really true. I've always looked up to you as my daughter. And yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to try harder. I'm just trying to set a good example yeah, for you. Yeah, you really you know? do. <laughs> <sighs> no, but now now we're here and you know what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has come out. So that means we get to talk about that a little oh. bit. And that's fun. So, um, <laughs> I see this as an absolute win. That's, I'll give you 10,000 points, Dad, if you can tell me what Marvel movie that quote was from. What quote that you consider <laughs> I it a win? I see this as an absolute win. I, see, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Endgame. Endgame, okay. It's a, Who says it? It's a Hulk, Professor Hulk Quote. It sounded very Hulk. Yeah, when they're testing the time travel. Okay. Yeah, and Scott's. I think it's when Scott comes back as a baby. Yeah, I loved Banner in this movie. Yeah, in Avengers. Yeah, in the yeah. Avengers. Yeah. yeah to be too. honest, there were quite a few things that weren't totally my cup of tea, but Banner was definitely great. I feel like I consistently love him in everything but the Incredible Hulk. Like true. What mo- name one movie where he's like? Not an enjoyable character. Yeah, that's uh, well said. It, yeah. it very much justifies their decision to mm-hmm. recast yeah. the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo, we love you. Okay, before we start talking more about the movie, let's get into our uh, MCU monthly segment, talk about uh, what's going on in terms of MCU news. So, as I mentioned, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Heck yeah. came out a couple weeks ago. Don't you feel like they're back in business now? I do. I do feel like that. This felt like that. And I think that's partly James Gunn taking a lot of his usual creative control and just taking the reins over for his last 
gallivant with Marvel Studios, but, you know, it was a good movie, and it just, it felt like a phase three kind of thing to me. Like, just like, this is, this feels like the good old days. Yeah. Like, this was, it's not like perf- a perfect film, but, you know, like, it's, it just felt good. It felt like a good movie. And the crazy thing is, I mean, with a movie like that, to, to me, the movies that I get the feels the most at mm-hmm. or out of, I'm usually surprised. Yeah. Like, I go into it. I don't know the details. I haven't watched a lot of previews. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hate previews, actually, yeah. because I, I love going in without knowing. You yeah. You and your buddy played a movie for me the other day that I was like, I'd never yeah. seen a preview. I had no idea what was coming. And yeah. then it just, every scene after scene, it was just a barrage of greatness. Yeah. Well, you can't really do that with a Marvel movie. You're no. going to you're gonna hear about it. You're going to watch a preview. So we all knew this is the last Guardians. This yeah. is going to be emotional. And it still hit hard. That's it's true. It's like it told you it was coming. Yeah. And it got you. I'm just going to put like a spoiler warning right here. So if, if, you're, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Guardians 3, you can skip ahead. But I'm pretty sure probably most of you have seen it by now but i feel like a lot of what they did with that too is that we were definitely expecting it to be emotional in terms of like it's the guardian's last movie i was not expecting it to be so hard hitting in terms of like what made me cry was like the rocket stuff yeah like i yeah maybe i got a little teary at the end when it was like all the guardians are saying their last goodbye and like yeah that was definitely bittersweet but the stuff that had me needing tissues the whole time was the like animal torture. Like it was it was so I feel like it it kind of subverted expectations in that way because I don't think anybody was like really expecting like that's what we're all going to cry about. But mm-hmm. it was it was intense in a good way. In yeah. a good way. It was brilliant. I mean, you yeah. you you go into a final galaxy, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and at least for me, mm-hmm. I'm not some deep MCU fanboy, mm-hmm. but at least for me, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of the wrap-up of the crew or the wrap-up of Star-Lord's journey. Yeah. And the fact that they basically made it about Rocket yeah. was epic. Yeah. Because everybody loves Rocket, and we've had the Peter story, and before like mm-hmm. i i i would definitely argue that guardians of the galaxy volume 2 was very much peter's story like that is so rooted in his background and him finding who he is but yeah this was rocket's turn and i think rocket deserved that and it was it was just great it was a great movie oh yeah yeah i mean that little scene where he's like a little bit puppy yeah. raccoon or whatever and he's like hurt yeah oh man <laughs> that hurt me <laughs> uh, yeah i know it was like yeah it was intense i thought the visuals were super fun too and just yeah we're, we're not here to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three we're it's still the avengers episode but we both really liked it um, I think I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Did you rate it on Letterboxd? I think I gave it a five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge Guardians fan. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So that came out. That's been exciting. Um, next thing coming out is Secret Invasion, which is a 
uh, Nick Fury and Scroll centered show. Mm. Um, and that's going to be coming out in a couple weeks on June 21st. Okay. So that, that will be coming. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, and then we also just got like an official release date for Loki season two as well, which I believe is October 6th. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So, so they kind of pushed it out a little bit. They it was pushed gonna be it out. Summer. It was going to be summer, but I like this because that means it's going to be coming out during Halloween time. Oh, yeah. I feel like that might be a little intentional, but I also just feel like it fits the vibe of that show. Yeah. And it'll be fun to like have something at that time of year. Yeah, and kind of their new vision of slowing things down a little bit. Uh-huh. Hopefully uh-huh. focusing a little bit more on quality yeah. rather than quantity. Yeah. That's going to be interesting because I think with that, um, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm not doing the math, but I feel like there will be an episode that like coincides with the Marvels coming out on November 10th. There's got to be. Yeah. I mean, unless it's, it's like a four week then. show. No, yeah. I think it's six, six, six episodes. So I'm wondering if that's intentional. I kind of don't think it is. It's hard to see how there'd be like a like a crossover a teaser or a overlap yeah. there, and because they were going to release Loki in August, yeah, and then now you know I don't know, but yeah. maybe you never know. These guys are brilliant. Like, yeah, like there's something in Loki that we're gonna need to know from Loki to understand something in the Marvels, and so Loki just therefore has to be before oh, the okay. Marvels, and maybe they want it to be more up against the marvels yeah. to like hype that up but i'm thinking it's more along the lines of like they just need more time okay. in post this is part of what i mean by it felt like they're back yeah because you got guardians 3 it was a hit to mm-hmm. me and then it's not like you're also left feeling like but who knows what the next year is gonna <laughs> look like we got a really good year coming yeah and not too much more either to where it feels like, oh my gosh, there's three more movies coming out this summer and yeah. five more shows and it's going to be crazy. Like, I think there's like solidly three more projects this year. Okay. So there's no other movies coming out in the summer? I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think that's it. So um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that they will stick to that or unless they like push something back even more, but I don't think they're going to add anything more to the roster for this year. So feels like we got off to a rocky start with quantum mania but um we're back on track with guardians straight up yeah um okay let's talk about avengers you want to recap sure. this movie yeah i'll try to give it a quick recap here yeah. so uh, it's all centers around loki at the beginning he encounters a figure called the other uh, who is a leader of an extraterrestrial race known as the Shatari. Um, in exchange for going to retrieve the Tesseract, which you remember is on planet Earth, mm-hmm. um, in which the humans are trying to develop into a green energy source, basically. Actually, I don't know if that would technically be green energy or not, but an uh, energy source for the whole planet. Uh, the other promises Loki an army, with which he can subjugate the earth. And that's very on brand for Loki. 
Uh, Nick Fury is directing S.H.I.E.L.D. at the time. He arrives at a remote research facility. And uh, Eric Selvig, Dr. Eric Selvig, we remember him from Thor. He's leading a team experimenting on the Tesseract. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to learn about it. Uh, Hawkeye's there watching everything. The Tesseract activates, opens a wormhole. You might remember, you know, uh, Hawkeye's like, it's a door. A door has two sides. So the scientists couldn't figure it out, but Hawkeye, he's got a real keen, hawkish eye for detail. Uh, the Tesseract suddenly activates, opens a wormhole, like I said. Loki comes through it, reaches Earth, steals the Tesseract, and uh, uses a scepter to enslave Selvig and uh, Hawkeye, or Clint, uh, to be on his side, Fury has to activate the Avengers initiative. So basically, Loki's move, stealing the Tesseract, was the big thing that got the uh, band together. And uh, they go out and get everybody. Uh, Natasha Romanoff uh, is recruited or brought in. She goes to get Banner. Um, and then Fury goes to get Cap. And uh, Phil Coulson goes and gets Tony Stark, even though Tony got cut from S.H.I.E.L.D. originally. Uh, they go to Stuttgart, where uh, Loki is, um, and, and uh, Barton stealing some iridium for Loki. And uh, Roger Stark and, and uh, Natasha, they, they capture Loki. surrenders real easily, so it's a little suspicious. They're on the escort there when Thor strikes. I love and, that scene. Yeah, I love it's it. like a shaky camera and you just like it's, it's there. There's the lightning, the thunder, there I think it's Cap that's like you afraid of uh lightning and he's like, Oh I'm, I don't like what follows. <laughs> yeah, not overly follow exactly. what follows. Exactly. And then uh one of my favorite lines of the movie is in that point where uh Tony or uh Iron Man goes to to pursue him and uh cap's like we need a plan uh, of attack and he's like i have a plan attack, attack. <laughs> <laughs> and the cheese just melted everywhere at yes. that point uh they battle with thor uh who eventually they all just kind of come to a big draw iron man and cap and thor they just kind of quit fighting it's like the most like himbo thor thing ever <laughs> like, just like, okay i'll work with you guys okay <laughs> we'll be buddies <laughs> Uh, the Avengers become divided, though, over how to approach Loki and the revelation that S.H.I.E.L.D. plans to harness the Tesseract to develop powerful weapons as a turn against hostile extraterrestrials. They argue about it. Loki's agents attacked the helicarrier, though. So everybody's on this big helicarrier. It looks like a, a uh, um, aircraft carrier, but then it can fly. It's up in the yeah. air. And I, I think you recently shared with me that you just discovered that these aren't yeah, in real life. I was going to say that on the episode. I was saving that, but I didn't know that helicarriers weren't real <laughs> until like a couple of years ago. Well, someday maybe they'll be real, but, or maybe... maybe How are they? Not. It just seems so basic. Like, just like military essential helicarriers. It's a, it's a lot of weight to be getting up there I with guess. four big propellers. <laughs> Uh, maybe when we get our own Tony Stark to start creating energy sources like that, we'll uh, we'll be able to do it. True. But, uh, you know, they're up there flying, and they've got the whole crew. They're arguing about what to do. Loki's there in his big uh, bubble prison that was designed for the Hulk, and uh, it's getting a little testy up there. 
uh, Loki eventually. Uh, uh, so they're they're all there. The Avengers are divided though about how to deal with Loki, and uh, as they're arguing about it. Uh, like I said, Barton comes, they attack the helicarrier. The stress causes Banner to transform into the Hulk. So he starts wrecking mm-hmm. shop in the middle of that helicarrier. Uh, Tony and Cap, they're working to restart the damaged engine that uh, Barton damaged with his uh, bomb arrow. And uh, Thor is trying to stop the Hulk's rampage. Uh, Natasha knocks Barton unconscious, breaks Loki's mind control, frees him. I love that part. You know, those guys are tight, so it's cool to see them hanging out together. Uh, Loki escapes after killing Coulson, and Fury uses Coulson's death to motivate the Avengers into working as a team. Savage Mm -hmm. death there for Coulson. And I can't wait to hear more about Coulson from you because... Please hold, yeah. Yeah, I'm not Coulson's a big. Yeah, I'm not a big. Uh, what was it? Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Yeah, but I know that he's a centerpiece there, so I can't wait to yeah. hear more about him and the cellist. Yeah. Uh, Loki uses the Tesseract and a wormhole generator that Selvig built to open a wormhole above Stark Tower to the Shatari fleet in space, launching his invasion. And I don't know about you, but this just felt like. The longest invasion it's war so battle scene long. in any movie I'd ever seen in my entire life, this except movie for is already long. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> for what? I was gonna say 1918, which is just war from the beginning to the end. 1917. 1917. Yeah. <laughs> 1918. What was happening that year? I think the war was like over. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I always get the year wrong on that one. Uh, so. Uh, Cap, Tony, Natasha, Clint, Thor, and the Hulk, they rally together in defense of New York City. And uh, they battle the Shatari, and uh, basically they figure out how to beat them. Uh, Hulk beats Loki into submission, and they all do their part. And really, it's Natasha. She figures out a way to um, defeat Selvig and uh, close up the wormhole it's always net yeah and then uh there's a obviously a major uh act of sacrifice from tony mm-hmm. because there's a, a nuclear missile that's going to just destroy midtown manhattan uh because they're like we got to contain this and stark intercepts the missile uh, as iron man and takes it through the wormhole that's closing toward the shatari fleet the missile detonates, destroys all of them, and uh, his suit loses power, and he floats down to Earth in a free fall. The Hulk saves him. I mean, it was a like he thought he was going to die. There was no chance. Yeah. Uh, but he lived, and uh, Natasha uses Loki's scepter to close the wormhole. And in the aftermath, Thor returns with Loki and the Tesseract to Asgard, where Loki will face justice. And then in the mid-credits scene, the others... Uh, confer with their master about the failed attack on earth and then in the closing scene uh the avengers are seen eating uh shawarma at the shawarma restaurant yeah they are yeah Woo! that's the movie uh that was helpful for me because you know i haven't watched this movie since the last time we thought we were going to record but i have all my notes um and yeah, I don't know. Off the bat, I've always... I'm just going to come off strong here and say I've always felt this movie's a little overrated. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now tell me about that. I mean, hey, it's fine. You can yeah. have a take like that. To me, I think it's it's very important and it's very iconic and it's very like, yeah, this is a very like classic Marvel movie that you have to watch. It's a milestone film um, that you have to watch if you're going to, you know, understand the whole MCU. But I don't really have like an incredible time watching it. I'm just kind of like, there are moments that I love and parts that I love and I always just want to like skip to those parts mm. and then the rest it feels like just kind of like filler almost or just like it's just really long I don't know yeah, I've, yeah. I have similar feelings like to me it's a little long on the helicarrier mm. for mm-hmm. me yeah um, I do like the scenes on the helicarrier where the Avengers are trying to uncover Fury's plans yeah. and they're kind of testing each other and mm-hmm. arguing a little bit but once they start get once they're under attack it just takes a long time there it does and then the new york city attack scene there are some cool parts about it but it is a little bit long to me yeah um but yeah i think in general i feel the same way as you like important mm-hmm. but not my favorite. What now? Yeah. Why explain to me though why you say it's important? Just because, I mean, Marvel now is famous for like always doing these big crossover events, like you know, Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover in the history of cinema. You know, like pulling all their movies together and everything is connected. And this was kind of the first time that there was like a full connection. Hmm. Like obviously, we see hints of the other ones. You know, we see Clint in Thor, the first Thor, and, you know, things like that. But this is the first time we're seeing, like, all of these guys who had... Well, not all of them, but, you know, like, Tony's had a solo movie. Steve's had a solo movie. And they're all coming together now. Mm-hmm. Characters that we've met. Um, and it's all kind of, like, accumulating into one movie, one big team-up. So it was kind of like the original Infinity War on a much right smaller level yeah but and then it's just like they formed the team they're the avengers now the yeah. avengers is huge yeah because like, uh, you forget after watching these guys in action so long that there was originally a moment where they were all uh basically solo operators they all just were and they did not like each other yeah. very much yeah this is the first time they're all interacting together and just like the Avengers is a big thing for Marvel from that point onward. Like, um, it's, I mean, and my comics knowledge is super limited, so I might say something wrong here, but to my best, but to the best of my knowledge, the Avengers are not like the group in Marvel comics. They're not okay. like, like the core group. And then there's like other side characters. It's like, there's a lot of groups. There's the Avengers, there's the West coast Avengers. There's just like, you know, lots of little groups, lots of little crews. People move back and forth all the time. Um, and especially I know that the characters in this original, like lineup, like Iron Man and Captain America. And like a lot of these characters were not like the coolest Marvel characters that Marvel had either. Um, in Marvel Comics, so it's kind of just a random lineup, but then, like, the label, like, the the Avengers team is such a huge thing now for the MCU specifically. It's, like, even though now at the point that we're at, like, it's 
2025, I think, in the MCU right now, currently, or 2026. Like, the Avengers don't totally... They're not totally in existence, but, you know, people still talk about, mm-hmm. like... They're part, of, part the of the Avengers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a big... You're either for the Avengers yeah. or against the Avengers, yeah. yeah. And this is the first time that they're back together. Yeah. Or that they're together for the first time. So yeah. It's pretty... pretty Pretty monumental. Yeah, now I have guys. a question. Okay. So, obviously, Captain Marvel came out as a movie after mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. But in the timeline, as yeah. we've covered on our podcast, uh, she's around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, am I right in thinking that the reason that she wasn't brought back by Fury as an Avenger... Remind me again, she's she's just out in outer space saving other galaxies. Yeah, she's helping with, <clears throat> like, space stuff. And then she gave him that pager. But she was like, right. call me if it's an emergency. Okay. And he... I guess he didn't deem this as an emergency. Yeah. He was like, I think I can handle this with this I mean, ragtag this, group of people yeah. who are all fighting each other all the <laughs> wow, time. Wow, I'm going to get this, like, <laughs> yeah. ninja lady. But and, it works. Yeah. I mean, they did it. <laughs> they did it. I think Carol would have been pretty annoyed to be called down. Like, I think Fury showed Fury showed some serious restraint. Serious Because restraint. there's been some, like, issues, like, pre-Thanos attacking in Infinity War, because that's when he finally called her, okay. when the blip was happening. There's been a lot. There's been Ultron. There's been so many things that he could have called. The, I mean, the freaking Dark Elves are from space. I don't know, in Thor 2. Like, there's a lot that he could have been, like, Carol. I would have called. I would have called come. her. Yeah. yeah, but he he didn't call until he was literally dying. He was literally getting blipped, and he pressed the button <laughs> to call her. And... Yeah, he waited till the very last minute. It so. just would be really hard for me to feel like she's being put out very much, you know? Yeah. She's just, like, flying around. Yeah. It's all so easy for her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, I mean, she says in, I think it's in Endgame that she says this, but she's like, there are, like, so many other planets other than yeah. yours. Yeah, she like, makes it very clear that she has a lot of responsibility yeah. on her shoulders. she does. Yeah. There's a lot of planets. Yeah. We're just one. Yeah, like, it, it was a very parental talk that yeah. she gave. You yeah, know, just she was like, like you let guys, me put this in perspective yeah. for you. <laughs> Children. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have some issues. And then she says in, in Endgame 2, like, everybody's dealing with the blip, not just you guys. So, like... I don't know to tell you, like, Thanos snapped half the universe, not just half of Earth. Man. Anyway, <laughs> back to the Avengers. Yes, um, ma'am. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I think there's just so many funny moments in this movie that I love. I love, I love Nat. I didn't realize how much I missed her until I watched this. I feel like it's been a while. It has been a while. It's been since 2021, since Natasha's been on our screen. Um, yeah, just just seeing them all in their original, <laughs> like, old 2012. Yeah. Kind of pre-character development, or pre-a-lot-of-character development. Yeah. I loved that part when he, they're 
uh, calling her. Mm-hmm. Coulson's calling her to mm-hmm. call her yes. in, you know, and she's being interrogated. Yeah. And then she, they give her the phone, mm-hmm. and she's like, "This fool's giving me everything." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I do not give you everything. <laughs> I do not give everything." <laughs> She's like, I'm in the middle of an interrogation. I'm yeah, working. she's the one tied up <laughs> yeah. to a chair just yeah. to, to remind all of you guys. But yeah. Yeah, she's, she's great. I thought, you know, for me, I'd love, um, maybe this isn't accurate, but just for me watching it, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point now. Maybe it's because we've just, you know, we've done all the Ironmans, mm-hmm. but we I, I, yeah, right. We got another, but to me, Robert Downey Jr. is he just has such game yeah. because I don't know. Like I can't think of even one part in this whole movie where his lines were like stiff or awkward. And I feel like everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, is just kind of still getting there, you know, maybe, maybe not banner. He, you know, Mark Ruffalo was just smooth the whole time, but even Nat was a little stiff mm-hmm. at times. Loki's still kind of figuring himself out. He's a little yeah. too official sometimes. And, yeah. um, but, you know, by this point, it's like Iron Man is just, he is who he is. Okay. Um, yeah. And I feel like the interesting thing about, like, Tony and Joss Whedon, who directed this movie, I just kind of have major beef with him a lot of the time. Um, and I mean, he's like a terrible person. So also for that, but like specifically for the way that he portrays and kind of has these characters written in this movie, I feel like is especially clunky and um, not totally in line with the way that a lot of them have come up in the past um, before this. So, but I feel like Robert Downey Jr. does a great job I think throughout the MCU of like he has a great sense of who Tony Stark is and he kind of almost I wonder how much of it is just kind of him doing his own thing or just like maybe he just pours so much of himself into the role that it has that consistency that a lot of the other characters don't always have but um, Tony always feels very engaging and consistent and Mm -hmm. just like like a real person as opposed to like steve is so 50 50 i think and i don't think that's like uh chris evans fault i think it's just you know every movie he's kind of like they kind of write him different but rdj kind of keeps it the same across the board yeah and do you think some of that has to do I, i feel like i've heard that he uh, improvises a lot on set. Yeah, I that's what I'm gonna guess. I know there is fun detail about this movie. Is I, th- I think it's in the scene where they're like all in the room with the scepter, um, like arguing, and Banner's getting a little angry and like grabs the scepter. But Tony's eating blueberries, and those were just blueberries that RDJ like brought on set and he just like happened to be eating and he just brought him into this scene um that's great yeah because he like was handing him out too. yeah yeah he was like giving <laughs> yeah he was he, i think he asked banner Bruce. like made a good yeah. point and he was like yep, yeah good point and he like he offered like, him some blueberries, blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> so i always love that when i rewatch this movie so yeah he's just good at that he, he i think he's just kind of being himself and mm-hmm. improvising a lot and 
it makes Tony feel a lot more real when the other characters don't feel more like caricatures or just like like just like they just jumped out of like a very corny comic book sometimes yeah yeah uh, another one that I heard he improvised was when he comes onto the helicarrier, like mm-hmm. uh, the 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 brig or whatever, yeah. where like yeah, all yeah. the central controls are, and he walks in and he's like, "That guy's playing Galaga." Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, that was not part of it at all. And then they loved like, it, so they that. kept it. And then they put the guy <laughs> playing Galaga in there later. It's a great part. It's super. That's it's so super funny. iconic now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good. It's good. I like that part too when um <laughs> it's like when it's it's like subtle. I didn't even notice it the first couple times I watched this movie. But there's like a part earlier where Steve's like Yeah, there's nothing I haven't seen and Fury's like ten bucks says you're wrong and then Steve like slips him ten yeah. later in that scene on the helicarrier. Yeah. So that's just, good. just the little things I feel like kind of yeah. give life to this movie. Yeah. Coulson's crush on yeah. Cap for sure. Everything you know? about Coulson yeah. just makes it more. Every time Coulson's in a scene, yeah, his his cards and all that. But you're right. It's an important movie. It moved the whole story yeah. forward. It it got the Avengers mm-hmm. together without making it feel like some of the current Marvel movies feel, where you feel like. That was just preparing for future yeah. movies. You yeah, know, it, it was Very a standalone. True. They saved the Earth. Everybody's happy. It's all it's all classic, yeah. vintage, iconic. You know, New York City. Yeah, you know, superhero. Exactly, super superheroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one of my favorite things in the movie was I, I would love to go back and count how many times. Uh, first of all, I just love that Clint is like allergic to sleeves uh-huh. i love that first of all <laughs> like he's just always Ultron. rocking yeah. the cut off like yeah. jacket oh yeah an angel yeah Ultron. sun's out yeah. guns out gotta yeah. show <laughs> gotta show what you got uh-huh. but i love how many times he takes out his bow and does that like Snap yeah, that thing. snap thing. <laughs> oh man, it's cool. Oh yeah, it's like I feel like they did it one time, and they're yeah. like, "You got to just keep doing that over and over again." He's like, "I'm getting my next <laughs> target." <laughs> Listen, if I had a bow that I could do that with, like I would also be doing that as much as I possibly could all the time. Yeah, especially yeah. if you had pipes like that. Yeah, and also he's—I feel like it makes sense for him to not be wearing sleeves because wouldn't that be just chafing up your arms if you're constantly like if your thing is archery? Come on, there's just, there's like even form fitting like yeah. athletic sleeves would be great to yeah. cut down on chafing, and I'm sure you got like bow strings rubbing up against you and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's purely for the aesthetics. Yeah, yeah. He gets sleeves in Hawkeye, which I feel like is sensible because it's literally snowing so it's like you can't they couldn't push it can't go tank top (laughs) this time around it's new york but i'm sure it was a discussion yeah yeah definitely i think kate probably just made a lot of fun of him and then he kind (laughs) of like (laughs) yeah that is fun but i I loved him in this i mean he's Mm -hmm. just hilarious uh so 
but I was hoping you could tell me a little bit more about just Coulson, like what your thoughts were about him in this movie. So Coulson, Coulson's a little bit of a, yeah, he, he, he's special to me. I, I had like a big Coulson phase and a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. phase for a while, but basically what happened with Coulson is, so he gets killed off in this movie, 2012, um... Clark Gregg was supposed to be, like, a one-off character, a random agent, um, and then people just got so pissed about that, and they were like, we love him, you can't kill him, like, he's not dead, bring him back, like, he, we don't want him to be dead, we don't want him to be dead at all, like, bring him back, so they literally made a whole show where he's the star of the show to basically resurrect him and explain in a really complicated way how he didn't actually die and then it went on for seven seasons um and (laughs) it like it's just incredible and it's one of the things i love the most about the mcu is that they always are good at like just listening to their fans and like what people want so they're like okay you guys want colson back we will literally give you a colson show so yeah in the show basically he he was on the brink of death but then fury like put him through this program called project tahiti where they like rewired his brain and like brought him back to life basically and the whole like first couple seasons of agents of shield are him um like coming to terms with that and then it's like it's this whole thing and it had it like part of the process the the process of bringing him back like involved um Cree blood from the Cree, and so he starts to realize he has like like alien superpowers so he's also part alien in the show and but the fun thing is is that he's always like yeah because i was in tahiti and that's what they just tell him. They're like, yeah, we just took you to Tahiti and you had a great time <laughs> in rehab in Tahiti because okay. they erased his memory of what really happened. Oh. Um, but then in later in the show, he learns and you learn that it's actually Project Tahiti and they like gave him alien blood. Anyway, Love it. Yeah. Super, super dramatic, super soap opera-y and it's a really great show. And so canon or not canon? It used to be canon. They really, so basically, not to get too into it, but they used to have this thing called Marvel TV. Um, then this was way before like streaming and Disney Plus and mm-hmm. all of that. And mainly there were two shows, Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Agent Carter was, is like a whole show that they did about Peggy Carter after Steve supposedly died in the 40s mm-hmm. and her life after that. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is obviously about colson and all them and those shows were like adjacent to what was happening in the mcu and they especially agents of shield because it was in the modern day it like woven it like corresponded with the events of age of ultron and civil war and it like crossed over really closely um and the events kind of um like caused each other almost but they never acknowledged agents of shield in the the movies Hmm. agents of shield just 
acknowledge the movies in the show. I see. And then Kevin Feige became the president of Marvel, and he really did not like Marvel TV at all, and he did, like, everything he possibly could to, like, end it um, uh. and, like, get rid of Marvel TV. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of, they were like, oh, they had, like, this big plot line that seemed like it was leading up to Thanos and, like, the snap and the blip and everything, and then it just kind of, like, didn't happen, and then it just kind of, like, fizzled off. And now I think they just have said, like, it's not canon, none of it's real, but I think now we can just, at least how I like to think of it is like, it's it's an alternate timeline. Okay. Like a different, in a different parallel timeline to Earth 616. Got it. Like a what if. Yeah. Phil yeah. Because then the events of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. start to get so crazy around like seasons five, six, seven, that it's like, there's no way the Avengers would not know about, like, some of this stuff that's okay. happening. It's, like, crazy. This team is doing so much more than the Avengers ever did. But, yeah. It's it's a great show. I will always appreciate it. It did, like, way, way, way more diversity um, in its casting than Marvel, like, did for, like, a long time. So mm. that was really cool. And they also... Actually, like, all the characters kind of, like, had, like, a really unique and strong and well-written, like, family bond. And the relationships were written really well, too. Which I think was something that Marvel really struggled with in, like, the main MCU Mm. for a long time. Um, So, I will always love it for that. And you should, you guys should watch it if you haven't seen it. (laughs) It's a great show. (laughs) Super silly. I don't know. I can't put my stamp of approval on it. There was some weird looking stuff every time I walked in and you guys (laughs) were watching it. You just walk in on the craziest moment. So, little theory to run by you. Tell me if this is valid or not. But uh, just hearing you talk about the fandom revolt against Coulson's Mm -hmm, death. mm -hmm. uh, Tell me if this theory stands up. The Pepper Potts that that pepper pots like whoever on screen she anoints as good or trustworthy mm-hmm. then the fandom receives them like yeah because she's calling him phil when uh-huh. he first rolls in it's clear yeah. that she likes him mm-hmm. she knows about his cellist girlfriend yeah in new york she's uh-huh. like touched by him yeah and i just feel like people love pepper so much that if she lends out her mm. uh interest onto somebody else it's yeah. like why how how do people not hate tony well people do hate tony though uh, well yeah that's true <laughs> tony has a lot that's of haters true. that's true why would anybody like Tony? <laughs> because Pepper <laughs> because did. Because of Pepper. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my theory. I trust Pepper's opinion of people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. All right. Well, thanks for the... Uh, yeah. I know this isn't a, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, uh, you know episode and we're not gonna do an agents of shield episode <laughs> this is my chance to agreement. plug agents of shield so everybody go watch it it's on disney plus great show um yeah it's yeah there's a lot this yeah there's a lot a lot going on um yeah i mean one of my favorite things of course of this movie was the uh, ongoing saga of the tesseract Yes, exciting your favorite. To see the Tesseract back in action. I especially loved how at the beginning 
<laughs> it's like they're in this super high-tech lab with all these scientists, world-renowned people, mm-hmm. and they're like trying to figure out the Tesseract. And there's literally a scientist and he's just poking. poking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It, yeah. You know, it was a good movie. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, we watched it last month and then I, I did a rewatch. Okay. And it was uh it was it was tough for yeah. me to do a rewatch like yeah. uh, so man, soon. It was too soon uh-huh. to have to watch uh-huh. this a second time. So you know, we have come a long way over the last ten plus years. Um, yeah. But important, as you said earlier. Yeah. I will add to your Tesseract thing. Um, so there's a whole thing with, you know, it, it gets really confusing because the Tesseract is the the space stone, one of the Infinity Stones in cubed form. Um <laughs> And then in Loki's okay. scepter is also another blue stone. Yeah. Which is but the mind stone. The yeah. mind stone. Okay. That's how he's yes. transforming everybody. Uh-huh. And then there was this theory for a long time that um, Loki was just kind of out of character in this movie because it's mm. just like he seemed to have like somewhat of a weird like character development at the end of Thor. Um, how What happened between then and now he just like kind of jumped off the edge of the rainbow bridge and fell into space and then Mm. now he's back and he's like this crazy super villain who's like ruthlessly evil yeah so people had this theory for a long time that um he was being mind controlled and then marvel confirmed that a while ago as canon so the mind stone is like controlling him in this movie and it kind of explains why Thanos, like, gave him control of the Mind Stone mm. to go get the Tesseract, because... It's like Thanos it's is controlling like, him, Yeah, the, through the Mind Stone, almost. Got it. Yeah, so there is that also random additional element <laughs> to this movie. But I feel like it, it's, it just kind of makes Loki's actions feel a little more, like, rationalized, I mm-hmm. guess. Because he's just not, like, that evil in Thor 1. Like, he's yeah. human. Yeah. He's not, like, a goofy supervillain. Like, he just kind of wants, like, attention. Yeah. You know? And then he... Yeah, he doesn't want to... He doesn't really want to, like, kill his family that much or anything. You know? But, like, this one, he's just, like, torturing people and just, like, crazy. And so... Yeah. There's a... That's a good point. I guess I'd it's tough to keep track of loki you know and all the different versions of him yeah and i kind of just like well whatever this is the loki we're getting this this movie yeah and then when you watch the loki tv show uh you kind of just feel like oh yeah there's there's so many versions yeah there's just a lot but that's good to know yeah do you have a favorite character uh let's see uh banner uh, was definitely my favorite yeah yeah um he just Strong performance the whole time, very vulnerable, all the way from the opening scene that he's in where Natasha's recruiting him. You could mm-hmm. just tell, like, it's very, he just portrayed the battle between, you know, mm-hmm. I always am a sucker for that storyline of the battle between the Hulk that's inside of him mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, wanting to suppress it and control it. And 
you know the the tension like in that yeah. opening scene where he like hits the table yeah. to try to like get a rise out of Natasha and she pulls her gun and mm-hmm. she's like so stressed you yeah because she thinks the Hulk is coming out and then like he admits in front of all of them that he had tried to commit suicide mm-hmm. but the the Hulk swallowed the bullet and spit it out it's just intense you yeah. know um and he's funny and yeah, I I really like Banner. Yeah. How about you? Uh, when in doubt, I'm always gonna be Team Nat. Mm-hmm. I love Natasha. She's classic in this movie. I love the scene where she's, um, like tricking Loki, and she gets all emotional, like he's getting to her, and then she gets all that information out of him. That's like one of my favorite parts of this movie. And and the the opening interrogation I I don't know who doesn't love Nat she's great she's just the best yeah um yeah do you have a favorite Easter egg I do actually um <clears throat> I discovered that Lou Ferrigno who was the original Hulk in the um, 1977 TV show, oh, the yeah. Hulk, uh-huh. which you know I watched reruns of yeah. As, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. as a kid. Apparently, they had him perform the Hulk's roar effects Whoa. in this movie. That's I thought cool. that was really cool. Yeah, you know, like it would be something else to see that movie on the big screen if you're that guy, mm-hmm. you know, and then to to be able to feel like respected by them. Yeah, to like, hey, dude, your roar was cool. We want to put it yeah. in. Yeah, that's. I thought that that's was awesome. Neat. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm trying to decide. I there's a couple. Um, I love that that cellist that, um, that Pepper mentions that becomes a whole plot line in Agents of Shield in the first season. There's like oh, a okay. whole episode where they go find the cellist in Portland. Um, and of course, yeah, it's just super fun. She never really comes up again, um, because he falls in love with Melinda May, but, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just fun. And I don't think I even like noticed that line the first time I watched Avengers. Like okay. it's, it's so like, it's, it's like, as they're like walking yeah, out yeah. of the room, it's like barely, like barely makes it on screen, but I just love that they turn that into a thing. And then I love also the part where Loki is, like, threatening Natasha, and she's, like, pretending to freak out, and then he, like, mentions, like, Dracoff's daughter in the Red Room, and obviously Marvel definitely did not know back then that they were gonna make Dracoff's daughter a whole plot, but that's, like, the plot of Black Widow. Yeah. Um, how she was sent to kill Dracoff's daughter, and then she's back um, as Taskmaster. But, you know, like, I just, I, I love those little details that, like, kind of sprouted little seeds to create whole plots in the Big future. Time. Yeah. I feel like that whole scene where she's uh, mm-hmm. arguing with him or mm-hmm. he's, she's interrogating yeah. him really just had such foreshadowing yeah. of the Black Widow movie. I mean, totally. her whole thing about, like, her ledger mm-hmm. being read yeah. and... I yeah, love, love that. she's always talking about her her ledger. Got a lot of red in my ledger. Mm-hmm. I would like to wipe it out. Yeah, so good, so good. I was gonna ask you. You'd mentioned uh, Agent Carter er- yeah. earlier. 
I don't think this is really an Easter egg, but uh, I noticed that uh, people pointed out that um, there's a uh, Agent Carter's love interest, I guess, is named Sousa yeah. in the show. Uh-huh. And he's also in this, in the Avengers. Yes, he's a he's cop. A cop. In New York City, yeah, during the big yeah. uh, final battle. So they've never explained that. It's not really, like, Agent Carter wasn't out at that point yet. Agent Carter came out in 2015. Okay. So it's just a... And like an example of like they casted that actor and bear um as an extra yeah. like as a you know like background actor for this movie and then he got to come back um in agent carter but people have drawn all these theories to try and be like oh, no oh is it Suze's grandson uh, or yeah yeah whatnot so i could see that yeah that's, that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so I was trying to pay attention to the score and the soundtrack and yeah. everything, but nothing was really standing out to me. Is there anything of note with this one, or is it just kind of a not not on your A-list? Not on my A-list. Um, it's just kind of still in this point where it's like, uh, But also, I think this is the first time that we hear the... Um, like dun 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 dun. Oh yeah. So that is really? actually okay, pretty. Yeah, that's yeah cool. I think I mean, that's straight Sylvester up in Disneyland Street. now. Yeah, totally. Like very classic, iconic theme. Um, Alan Silvestri did this score, so he's actually pretty big. And then he did the score for, um, Infinity War and Endgame as well. So he kind of, he didn't do Age of Ultron, but the other two Avengers movies he did do so. He kind of, he he does really good like big cinematic scores, um, okay, and like action scores. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a fine score, but yeah, definitely an iconic theme that I, I'm pretty sure he composed it. So yeah, that's beautiful. We got that. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're. Uh oh, shoot! We definitely need to talk about the worst lines. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mentioned earlier my, you know, my uh, Iron Man, uh, we or Cap saying we need a plan of attack, and yeah. Iron Man saying I have a plan attack. Uh, but uh, I'll go for uh, worst lines. I don't know. It just kind of struck me uh, when Loki comes through the portal or wormhole, mm-hmm. and uh, he's there with his spear, and Fury goes, "Sir." Please put down the spear. <laughs> Just, it's like, I really, like, please. There's a lot of things wrong with this sentence, you know? Like, please, yeah. you're not drawing a weapon on this guy with his spear. I mean, he just came through a portal. I don't yeah. know that that's, like, the first thing I'm rolling with. Like, you know, who yeah. are you? Where are you from? What do you want? Like, there's a lot of questions I have. But, sir. <laughs> Please put down the spear. It has such a like American like cop vibe in <laughs> contrast to like the otherworldliness of Loki coming yes. out of a portal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of good. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, can 
Steve's suit being the worst ever count? <laughs> oh, what do you mean by that? Oh, I just hate his suit in this movie. It's okay. so bad. Yeah. And so do they do they ditch this suit? Yeah. In the future? Okay, got it. Yeah. What, what don't you like about it? It's just cartoony. It just okay. looks it looks like in to me in the first cat movie, you know when he like has like his like stage performance costume when he's performing at the it reminds you of like that the one. USO shows. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Like it just looks okay. like a cartoon, like a costume. And then yeah. I like his Infinity War suit, his Nomad Steve suit when he has like his beard and it's like a really like almost black suit. Mm-hmm. And I like his Age of Ultron suit too. Okay. I I really like the costumes in Age of Ultron. Try to describe this suit for our listeners who in maybe this can't movie? picture it. Yeah. I think it's pretty like iconically bad. I think everyone I mean, it's just it like the colors are too bright, the reds are too bright, the whites are too bright. It's just like it's like brighter than the actual American flag. Like it's just and then his little it's just his helmet is bad and it just I don't know. It's not my fave. And then there's that iconic line in uh Endgame when they go back in time to this movie in 2012 and Tony's like I'm sorry Cap that suit did nothing for your ass and like they they're literally <laughs> commenting on how bad this suit is like it's so bad but even in this movie Tony was making fun of yeah, him in his first yeah. little suit like it's like everyone makes fun of Steve for being like the corniest like most like noble righteous little like ridiculous guy and I am like a Steve Defender, I'm like, that's not him, but like, 101, if you don't want him to seem like that, then don't put him in that kind of costume. <laughs> <sighs> so true. Yeah. Anyway, I think actually, I love, I think a terrible line is, <laughs> it's just kind of the delivery too, but when they're like fighting <laughs> and Thor goes, you are so petty and tiny. <laughs> he goes like, petty and tiny it's like okay like weird comeback but okay <laughs> like those feel like two like really specific words and very different from yeah each other. really different not in the same ballpark yeah yeah like are you just trying to like flex that you're bigger than everyone else or like like what? it's like you're saying they're petty and then when you say they're tiny you're being petty. Yeah, exactly. By that. <laughs> you like petty was a good insult, and then you took it down by saying <laughs> then tiny. You became like, petty. ah, dang it! <laughs> and Just, tiny. you lost the effect. <laughs> yeah. So I like that part. All right. Well, what do we yeah. got next? Uh, we're doing Iron Man three. Is that Iron what Man three? Okay. I think yeah. So yeah, and I did just look it up. It is the end of Phase one. So okay. this is phase uh, one. This one, Avengers, yeah. is the end of phase one. Yeah. So we're entering into phase two with Iron Man 3. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Okay, we're I gonna... love Iron Man 3. Oh, good. Um, It's my favorite Iron Man movie, and it's just super fun. Okay, is that widely considered to be the best one, or I think personal it's personal opinion? No, I think probably most people would say the first one, but I think it's gotten to a point recently where people are like yeah iron man 3 is pretty good okay it's just more fun i think okay it's less it takes itself a little less seriously got it yeah all right well i can't wait and we're going to be back on our 
we monthly will. schedule first Thursday of the month. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening in to our episode on the Avengers 2012. See you guys next time.